This is Leewood Online, a ministry of Leewood Baptist Church, located in the Kansas City area. For more information about us, visit us online at www.leewoodbaptist.com. Your Bible again to Psalms 23, and you know, I think we would all agree that undoubtedly uh, Psalms 23 is the most beloved chapter of the Bible that perhaps has ever been written. It's read more annually than any other uh, portion of the Bible. Really, it's an expression of man's confidence in the God who cares for his own. Truth is, in uh, our 21st century life, we know little about shepherding, but still we understand this metaphor that God's watch care, his provisions, his great love for us, and that he shepherds our soul. Matter of fact, over a hundred times the reference is made of God being a shepherd and, and the shepherding idea over the people of Israel, over his people of faith. Uh, and so while shepherding has always been a humble occupation, uh, we realize when we study the Word of God that some of the greatest personalities were shepherds, all the way back to Abel. And then, of course, Moses. After he killed a Hebrew, he flees from Egypt. He ends up on the backside of the desert in Midian, and there he tended Jethro's flock until God came to him in a burning bush to deliver his people back in bondage. Now we have David, and that's who has written this text in Psalms 23, but we know about him being a shepherd. He, he watched over those flocks of his uh, father, Jesse, in and around Bethlehem, and it was written of him, great leadership verse that I love is Psalm 78, 72. It's speaking of David, and he said, and he shepherded, shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart and the skillfulness of his hand. But most significantly, when we think about shepherding in the scriptures, we jettison to John chapter 10, where Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and I am known by them. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. So I feel confident today as we look at this text of Scripture that, that God has led me here because I know this. He has a desire in his heart to bring peace and serenity to our soul and comfort us and give us assurance in this very day. It says in Psalms 34 that God is near to the brokenhearted. And I tell you, if we got any brokenhearted people here today, know this, God is very near. I want you to see three things with me in this psalm that calms the soul. First, it begins with God's personal provision. Listen, David knew something about this occupation. He had dealt uh, with shepherding sheep. And he used it also, that same kind of comprehension, when he was the shepherd king of Israel. He protected, he loved, and he provided for the sheep. And he says here, the Lord is my shepherd. And, and the word shepherd there is the compound covenant name of Jehovah God. He is Jehovah Rohi. He is our shepherd. So here it is, God telling us about this majestic, transcendent God who has come to shepherd his own and cares for us. Actually, you read some 16 times in these six verses, 
David using this personal pronoun, I, me, and my. You read that afresh, and you see how many times this is personal with David. That God is not just a shepherd. He's my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He is my rock. He's my redeemer. How did God become David's shepherd? Honestly, the same way God becomes our Savior. It's an engagement of belief. It's a matter of faith. We talked about this out of Habakkuk chapter 2 last week where he says this, and the just shall live by faith. Those who are justified with the holy God are people who come to believe in God. They have a confidence, a belief in him. Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. And you know, some of the strongest rebukes that, uh, that Jesus gave to his disciples was this, O ye of what? Little faith. So he is Jehovah Roha. He is our shepherd. But we learn about another compound covenant name of God given in the Old Testament in Genesis 22. And that's the story where Abraham would go up to Mount Moriah to offer his son Isaac under the instructions of God himself. But once he got up there in preparation for following through by faith, you remember what happened? God provided a ram in the thicket, which would be a substitutionary atonement, a, a, a pre-incarnate picture of Jesus Christ himself who came for us to be our atonement for our sin and our sacrifice, giving his only son, God did a ransom for many. So Abraham declared, you are Jehovah Jireh, you're the providing God. And here David in our text saying, God, you are the shepherd who provides for my soul. Could I suggest to you when we talk about shepherding, we think of two particularly mandates for a shepherd. They're to lead the sheep, and they're to feed the sheep. You know, one of the most common metaphors in the Bible for the use of a pastor is a shepherd. And just as God is our shepherd and Jesus is the good shepherd, the great shepherd and the chief shepherd, I've been called of God to be a shepherd, to, to shepherd over the people of God. In Jeremiah 3.15, the prophet Jeremiah says, I will give you shepherds according to my heart, God speaks through him, who will indeed equip you with the knowledge and understanding. First Peter 5 says that uh, uh, I, Peter writes, I exhort you as elders, shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, ex exercising oversight, not compulsion, because, but as willingly as God would have you do it. So just as David was, was leading here, God was leading him, I have a privilege to do that during these days, to, to lead you to lead you in the way everlasting, as the text is talking about here. You say, well, where are you going to lead us? Well, I hope to lead you beside the still water and to the green pastures. You see the word picture beside the still water? It's a place of peace, isn't it? Still water is a place of refreshment, of calmness, not of chaos, but a place of serenity and a place of security. It's really that admonition that Jesus used in Matthew eleven twenty eight when he said, come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and in me you'll find rest for your soul. My yoke will be easy. My burden will be light. And then he says, this shepherd who leads us, he makes us lie down in green pastures. Green pastures. It was Philip Keller in his book, A Shepherd Looks at the 23rd Psalms. He said this, sheep will not lie down until four things happen. One, they're free from fear. Secondly, they're at peace with other sheep. Thirdly, they're not bothered by fleas or parasites. 
And number four, they're free from hunger. And can I tell you, my goal is to lead the sheep that God has entrusted to me to be free from all of these things that you could find rest. The second place he leads us is in the green pastures. What's that? Well, it seems to me it's a picture of comfort and contentment. You know, I, I think Mary and I have been to Israel a dozen times or so, all the way from the Lebanese-Syrian border all the way down to the Red Sea. As the Bible says, from Dan to Beersheba, we've seen pretty much all of it. I tell you, it is an arid, dry place for the most part. And for a shepherd to find green pasture land would be a rare and unique and certainly welcomed place. And David says that's what God will do in our life. Listen to this. He will lead us to a place we cannot find without him leading us. It's happened in my life. It's happened in your life. I remember I had the privilege of leading a man to Christ some years ago now, uh, pastoring at Lenexa Baptist. He was uh, he's probably in his mid-60s, an attorney. His wife began to come to the church. And so he came with her, and he sat near the front because that's where she had been sitting. Uh, and he heard the gospel. He learned from the preaching about the forgiveness of God, the grace available to him if he would believe. And eventually he did believe. I was able to baptize him. And then I got a letter from him that I'll always remember because here's what he said. Thank you for taking me to a place I've always wanted to go, but I just didn't know the way. Just didn't know the way. You see, sheep need to be led, to be led well. Say, well, how did Jerry find the way? Well, I'll tell you how he found the way, because he heard a preacher that presented the gospel, and he found green pastures in still water. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. What a picture here of still waters and green pastures. The other central aspect of responsibility of shepherd, not only to lead the sheep, but what? What did I say? Feed the sheep. Where's he going to lead them? To those green pastures? To those lush and fertile fields? Where's he going to feed them? Or how's he going to feed them? Well, honestly... The very thing I desire to do is to feed you while I'm here as well. And I'm not talking about a church fellowship. I'm talking about feeding you the Word of God. Because I know you need to be fed well. And that's been the calling of my life to be on mission, to, to feed the people, to nourish their souls by the preaching that comes from God's Word. And just God's word. What did Jeremiah the prophet say? Thy word was found and I did eat them. And it's become unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Because I'm called by your name, O Lord God. All scripture is profitable in your life. For correction. For instruction in righteousness. For reproof, rebuke. That the man of God, the woman of God can be thoroughly furnished for every good work. I love what the psalmist said in Psalms 19. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired even than gold, much more than fine gold. Sweeter also than honey in the honeycomb. Moreover, by them... Your servant is warned, and keeping them, your reward 
will be great. To feed and to lead. But I'll tell you one further than that because it rhymes. Not only to feed you and lead you, I'm going to plead for you. I'm going to pray for you. Matter of fact, I was up early this morning, and I'm praying for the people of Leewood Baptist Church. And by praying for you, I already got a blessing. I got a few folks here, friends that, that, that are here as well. Because God calls us to do that, to stand in the gap, to pray and to, to call upon him and pray for one another. And I want you to know, as your under-shepherd, I intend to do that. God's personal provision. Let's move quickly. Secondly, I notice that God's compassionate character is revealed here, too. He restores my soul. He leads me how? In the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I'll fear no evil for, for God's with me. He restores, he redeems, he reconciles, he rescues us. And when he does that, he has to put us on a proper path, that, the path of righteousness. I love what it says in, in, in Psalm 16 11. It says, In thy presence is the fullness of joy. At thy right hand are pleasures evermore. Thou wilt show me the path of life. What is the path of life? It's the path of righteousness. Because when God calls us out of darkness into his light, he calls us to walk in uprightness and truth, to shun what is evil, to cling to what is good. Listen, to go God's way, we say goodbye to the sinful, corrupt, shameful ways of the world, and we are to be difference makers. We're to be light in a dark world. And we can and we will if we follow God. Jesus said, let your light so shine before me, and they'll see your good works, and they'll glorify the Father who's in heaven. But I'm telling you, if we're not lighting up the world, then how's God going to be glorified in our life? Let's do something for the cause of Christ. I know you know this hymn, but as I studied this text, it came to me again. Savior, like a shepherd, lead us. Much we need thy tender care. In thy pleasant pastures feed us. For our use thy foals prepare. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast bought us, thine we are. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast bought us, thine we are. So we see this compassionate character of God. He prepares then a table before us. Could I suggest to you the reason we're called to be hospitable people is because our God's a hospitable God. And that's what he's saying here. You're the kind of God who prepares a table before me, that you're caring for me, that, that you, you, you have a hospitality side. You're, 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 you're preparing a table. Imagine that. But, you know, the Bible talks about, especially in the New Testament, I just thought about this remnant we see over in Jesus preparing a table. Just at the shores of Sea of Galilee at Tabka, he's preparing a table for 5,000 who came to eat, and there was nothing to eat except uh, some loaves and fishes, but he prepared a table. Remember after Peter denied the Lord, and, and in this restoration event over in John 21, and they encounter Jesus, and, and Jesus there at the campfire cooking some fish said, Come and dine. I've prepared a table for you. I think about the upper room, the disciples. Jesus said, This, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Drink of this, this is my blood which is shed for the remission of sins. And do this in remembrance of me. They sat at a table of remembrance. Lest we forget the promised table of rejoicing at the marriage supper of the Lamb in Revelation 19. 
where Jesus Christ and his church, the, the bride of Christ, celebrate this union between the bride of Christ and the bridegroom. And Psalms, the psalmist continues, and he anoints my head with oil. You know, it's a great symbolic picture of the Holy Spirit coming up on our life. That really, is, uh, the, oftentimes, oil is used as a, to, to signify or talk about the filling of the Spirit, and it gives to us uh, a, a, a filling when we trust Christ, as we know, we get God as our Father, we get Jesus as our Savior, and we get the Holy Spirit of God to fill our lives, to comfort us, to guide us, to lead us in all truth, to seal us until the day of redemption. Well, thirdly and finally, not only a personal provision, a compassionate character. He finishes in verse 6 by what I'm calling God's permanent promise. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So David continues this psalm by saying, since God's my shepherd, I have a love from him that is immeasurable. And the only way he can qualify it is to speak about his eternal love. As it says in Romans chapter 8, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, angels nor principalities nor powers, things present or things to come, nothing nor height nor depth or any other created thing can able, is able to separate us from the love of God that's found in Jesus Christ our Lord. Here's the promise that we can dwell with God forever in the house of the Lord. The very words that Jesus spoke in John 14, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, but I go to prepare a place for you. This place is to be in the presence of God. If I go, I surely come again, Jesus said. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Where is God leading us? He's ultimately leading us to this place of promise that we could dwell in the presence of God forever in a place called heaven. You know, the mega theme of John's gospel is stated in John 20 where he says this. These things have been written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ and by believing on him you might have, here's the word, life eternal for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And that's exactly what we get communicated here from the psalmist. We can dwell in the presence of the Lord forever. We can live forever with him. And I'm just telling you, isn't it just like Jesus to save his best for last? You go all the way back to Canaan in Galilee at that first miracle at the wedding feast. What happened when Jesus turned the water to wine? They said, this is the best yet. It was the end of the event. And Jesus turned the water to wine. And I'm just, I'm just telling you, there is a continuum in the Bible that every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Jesus is saving the best for us. He's saving the best for you if you trust him. He's always giving us invitation. He says, behold, I stand at your heart's door and knock. And if any man will hear my voice and will open the door, I'll come into him and I'll sit down with him. I'll fellowship with him. I'll prepare a table for him. And we can fellowship together. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions today. One, are you allowing God to lead your life? Is God leading you? He'll take you to a good place. 
You say, what's that place look like? Well, it'll be free from fear. There'll be rest and refreshments for your soul. And he will meet you at the point of your need. For my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Jesus Christ. And then finally, he'll eventually take you all the way to glory. You can dwell in the presence of God forever. I'm telling you, if you can get a better deal than this, go get it. But I'm telling you, God's grace is enough. It's sufficient. He's provided a path for us to walk. Let's walk on it. Let's walk in it. Let's fellowship. Let's have things in common. Let's build each other up. Let's encourage one another in the Lord. Because the day is coming to an end. Redeem the time. The days are evil. And let's live it in faith. Would you bow your heads with me? What a great promise we have here. One that does not get old. But always resonates when we heard it told once again that Jesus saves. He saves to the uttermost. He'll take sinful man, a rebel, who will see the error of their way and call out to the God who's ever near. Thank you that we have a hope that's everlasting because you're the God from everlasting to everlasting. Thank you that you loved us when we were so unlovable. And Lord, we realize that you have a redeeming love that, that makes all things new. It's never too late for a new beginning with you. And God, I know to many, sometimes this wanes and there begins to be a slow drift away from the intimacy that we once had with you. But Lord, call us back to yourself. Establish our ways again. Help us to live as you've called us to live. Help us find great delight in serving others, serving you. I pray you'd help me. It's always a new day. And you've allowed me to come and shepherd the people here. I pray I'll do it well. Pray you'd help me. And so, Lord, we pray especially for the days to come. These are perilous times. These are difficult days. But, Lord, we say once again, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And so, Lord, capture our love once again. We pray in faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us online. Leewood Baptist Church exists to glorify God by making disciples of all nations. 
For more information about us and our ministry, please visit us at www.leewoodbaptist.com. Thank you.